Hello, 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 everybody. How's it going? Welcome to another episode of Not Rockin' Science, show that talks about the intersectional relationship between technology, business, and the culture. How you guys doing? This is Sean, your host, coming at you on a windy Thursday night here in New York City. I am usually doing these on weekends, but uh, I will be away this weekend, so I'm doing it a little bit early. It's after dinner. Kind of weird doing this after dinner. Had a nice uh, chicken gyro. Usually don't do this after I eat, but we'll see how this goes. Um, Hope you're doing well. Hopefully your weather is a little bit better than the weather going on in New York right now. It was basically a monsoon yesterday. Uh, got drenched on my way home from work, and today it has been windy AF outside, and uh, if you live in Brooklyn, you might know, Brooklyn's kind of dirty, it's kind of gross, it's kind of dirty, so you don't really notice it most of the time, particularly in the summer, but when it gets cold and windy again, all that dust and nastiness gets right in your eyelids, it's disgusting. And, uh, yeah, it kind of hits you like a ton of bricks that you're living in a large pile of trash. But, nevertheless, we're going to do the damn thing anyway while I'm digesting this yodel. Um, So today, what are we talking about? I'm keeping it real. I'm going to keep this theme of keeping it real going where I kind of talk about one subject go that's it and i'm talking about things i have experience in um less so my like opinions on current events and things like that no 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 we're keeping it real keeping it live talking about things that we be knowing about up in here so today um actually before i say that i've mentioned this several times on the podcast but um my day job where i commute from and get wind in my face and get wet when it monsoons out um i work as a user experience designer and i've touched up on that multiple times on the show as i said but that is my day today what is a ux experience designer you ask well let me tell you um basically it's a job where you mix an array of disciplines into one kind of melting pot and it involves some behavior psychology visual design um, service design uh, market research user interface design human computer interaction all that stuff kind of blended together and certain disciplines more emphasized or less emphasized 
uh, company to company, industry to industry. It all really depends. But on a general level, it's you're kind of doing a little bit of all those things. And uh, the thing that I guess UX designers get typecasted as are the people that design the interface of the website. But that is just a sliver of what you potentially could be doing in a user experience design job. Um, other roles can be, you know, user testing, so usability testing remotely or in person, um, user interviews, so interviewing people who would be using the thing that you're going to be potentially designing, doing um, inquiries, like contextual inquiries, which means going, you know, if you're designing an app for truckers, you know, sitting with a trucker and spending some time with them, talking with them while they're on the job. Um, other things you can do are surveys, uh, the actual visual design part, sitting in meetings with other stakeholders, kind of um, being a facilitator to get everyone's opinions out and kind of sometimes even doing presentations, things like that. So, like, the job really varies. A lot of strategy sessions, whiteboarding, brainstorming, yada, yada, yada. Um, I'm not so much talking today about what a UX designer does, but I wanted to give a kind of overview of sorts just so when I get into the main part, it's a little clearer um, in terms of what I'm basing all this on. So what I'm getting to today is basically just the pros and cons of getting into this industry of UX design. I'm on Instagram all the time and I get targeted by these companies saying like, want a new interesting career? You wonder why so many people use Instagram? It's a little thing called UX. And then it's like tries to sell you this like $10,000 or $15,000 program. Um, I see this all the time. I did one of these back in the day. I've done multiple episodes where I talk about my experience there, but I want to give you guys a basic rundown pros cons of working in the ux industry getting into the ux industry and i'm giving you the real deal i'm not going to try to fluff it up and make it sound like a better uh profession than it is i'm also not gonna poo poo all over it either um this is very much based on my experiences personally so you can talk to someone else um and they might have a very different opinion of it but i've been doing it for real for real maybe about going on like six years now and on a plus on a rudimentary level i did it a couple years before that so like seven to almost eight years if you include just the web design part um so yeah i'm not like an og veteran with like 20 years experience in the game or anything but i'm also not like novice you know what i mean i've been putting in that work got some years in the bank at this point so so that was a little primer but here i present the pros and cons of getting into the ux industry i'm going to start with the pros because when i wrote all these things out in my little notes i started with the pros so that's what we're going with um, so yeah, the biggest thing is doing work that's actually impactful. So, and this is one you hear about a lot when programs try to sell you on getting into UX, but it's true. Um, I think there's a lot of jobs like before I was doing UX design, I was cranking contracts, kind of putting them in a database. So it was like data entry. 
Um, and then I was doing some other, th- like, BS Excel spreadsheets of just, like, contacts to, for people to reach out for membership at this nonprofit I worked at. But, like, it's very easy when you do those types of tasks every day to feel like what you're doing is kind of worthless or pointless makes no impact on anything and that can kind of dig into your inner psyche about you know your sense of purpose and can lead to some not so nice thoughts so i guess one of the biggest overall benefits of ux is like what you're doing its value is never going to be questioned too much at least on a high level, uh, you always feel like you're doing something useful on some way. You might not agree with the overall direction of it, but like because it's visual, or a lot of the times at least it's visual or audible, um, it's sensory at least. At the end of the day, it's making some sort of impact. It's often customer-facing, whether it's B2B or B2C. You're doing stuff where there's a clear effect, you know, if you're lucky enough, you know, thousands, if not millions of people are using it, whatever you built and worked on. So that is a big one. Um, you know, I've developed pages or features on websites that, you know, have had millions of people see it. So that's kind of cool. Um, and it's also the process of building these things is very much, uh, a problem solving exercise so it's not going to be too boring um as long as the project itself isn't too boring and it involves a blend of kind of right brain left brain i hate saying that but it's really a balance or a dance between creativity and logic reason and analysis and you feel like you're putting in your full brain power um to the task at hand so point is um in more cases than not you'll be staying busy and hopefully fairly fulfilled uh and for certain projects you know it's definitely hard if you like a challenge um a lot of there's not too many projects that are super easy sometimes you'll get an easy layup that you just kind of bang out pretty quickly but the bigger meteor projects they're always pretty difficult and there really are like puzzles that you kind of have to like fit together but the pieces aren't there it's like puzzles where you have to do work to even make the image of each piece clear that's kind of like i guess a way to look at it um Another thing that's interesting about it is one one comparison, another comparison that I always compare UX design to is like mixed martial arts. Um, because UX and MMA, the sport, are kind of hybrid activities and borrow from many different disciplines, it's something that can be like a lifelong practice if you want it to be. There's You're never going to master it. It's not like you're ever going to master UX design because you might master one component, but there's always another component. And all of it as a collective practice is always going through rapid evolution right now, specifically. Things are becoming more specialized. It's just it's as a whole evolving and each um, more granular discipline within the umbrella of UX is also evolving. So there's always more to learn. Um, it's very hard to stay complacent in this industry. So maybe that's a negative. I don't know. But I look at it more as a 
a positive in most cases. Okay, what else? What is another positive about getting into the UX industry? One is if you have a curiosity when it comes to people, if you like studying behavioral psychology or ethnology or something like that, studying people and their behavior and how they interact with something and you learn a lot about people and often people at scale and at the individual level and then also and kind of like analyzing the differences between um you know how one person uses something versus thousands of people that you see through google analytics or something like that so it's a really interesting way to study uh the behavior of people and how they work as holes versus the individual. Uh, I personally have a curiosity when it comes to that, so it's a, it's a plus for me. Maybe it is, maybe it's not for you, but I figured I'd throw it out there because I like research, I like performing tests, and there is a lot of that involved when it comes to behavior of people. So what else? All right, so on a more just basic level, um, the industry itself is full of smart people, so you'll likely be working with a lot of smart people. It's not a lot of a-holes in the UX industry, not a lot of, like, jerks. Uh, maybe, you know, one pops up every now and then. For But for the most part, for an industry that's getting pretty popular, um, most people within the UX industry that I've met are pretty cool. You know, sometimes designers here and there can be very... Uh, selective with their tastes you could say um, but that's really the only thing I've ever run into other than that most people in the UX industry are very nice people um, also you'll be working with people in other fields um, that are also very smart and often pretty cool um, whether they're developers product managers marketing managers or directors what have you those are the types of people you'll be interfacing with a lot. And they're also usually pretty damn smart and uh, cool people. I mean, within a, a batch that diverse, you'll get more interesting personalities here and there. Let's put it that way. But overall, it's usually a pretty sharp group you're going to be working with for the most part. And it makes you sharper because iron sharpens iron. You know what I mean? Um, what else? What else? What else? Here's one that doesn't get talked about that much. To me, this is one of the biggest positives when it comes to the UX industry and being involved in UX as a practitioner. The best practices of UX often uh, translate to other fields like marketing or customer service, for example, like best practices. Um, I like to study marketing on the side. And what's really funny is one thing I notice, I'll take these webinars of these guys trying to like sell you something and they'll take you through like some e-commerce drop shipping site audit and they'll be talking about best practices from a marketing lens. But often those best practices are the same ones that you get from a UX lens, but it, it's just the context is different from marketing. It's like you sell more if you do this, but from a UX standpoint, it's like, well, the user's intent is going to be X. Therefore, if you're going to try to sell them, you should put it here because it's going to be more apparent or it's something that's less um, evasive or less damaging to the user trying to do their main thing. So it's basically the same best practice but coming from a different place. And usually from a UX standpoint, it's a little 
better thought out. Um, no offense to all the marketers out there. But generally, these types of best practices are translatable because it's about making the customer feel good about trusting you, your company, your website, whatever it is, and deciding to give you more money for the value that you're trying to give to them. That's all it is. And UX designers who spend all day thinking about this stuff from the user standpoint tend to have a very um, vast understanding of how to do these best practices for website designs that you know could be more customer service rooted, more marketing focused, particularly in the, in the e-commerce world, which is what I'm in. Um, but yeah, it kind of just gives you that that understanding of how to do these kinds of things. And from a UX standpoint, it's based on research. So beyond just looking at analytics and being like, we split tested these two versions and this version did better. You also, on top of that, have this qualitative layer of understanding on like the exact reasons um, based on quotes from real users that you've tested. So that's another one. And then more on a basic level, the last pro I'd say is there's a lot of demand in this industry. Automation's going to happen. Lots of jobs are going to be wiped out. But being the designers of these, you know, of technology, basically, you know, it's going to be a while before a UX design role is automated. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. It's pretty in demand. Pretty much any company in any industry needs it. Similar to being, you know, a, a web developer. Um, lot of demand, and then demand is good, right? So yeah, no robot will be taking your job anytime soon. So that basically rounds out the pluses, in my opinion, of getting into the UX industry. I'm sure I've missed a couple obvious ones here or there, but these were the ones that came to mind when I thought this through based on my personal experience. All right, cons, and I'm starting off with money. I could have put money in the pros because the salary is pretty good, particularly compared to other jobs that are out there and also like the national averages for salaries but i actually put it as a con why did i do that i put it as a con because ux is not like sales um it's not like finance where your ceiling for earning potential is very 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 high with UX, you're, you can you're, uh, what you'll get into, like your base salary will be actually pretty good. But the issue to me is the ceiling of earning potential within UX is fairly medium-ish. Um, unless somehow you make the jump to something else like C-suite or, uh, you know, head of product. But even then... I would still consider a medium-ish salary, salary, particularly in New York City. Um, so the alternative, though, is you know you'll have some useful skills if you want to start your own company. Um, I mean, particularly if it's a digital company on some level that makes some sort of product, but uh, it gives you useful skills for starting your own company. So there's always more earning potential, but I mean, just within the actual field of practicing UX. I wouldn't say it's the most lucrative compared to finance, sales, or law, or something like that. That may or may not matter to you, but I figured I'd throw it out there because, you know, money talks. All right, what else? All right, another thing, 
and this is probably one of the biggest ones in my opinion, one of the biggest negatives or drawbacks of being in the UX field is sometimes at certain companies you can be looked at easily as a commodity, as a asset monkey or a research monkey. Basically, they look at you as a doer of something, an executioner of an asset or a deliverable and not a strategist or a strategic partner. And that is a problem that could be a symptom more of the company as a whole, but it's something that tends to pop up. It's popped up in my career. It's happened with other people I've talked with um, who are in the industry. And it's just, it's more of a company issue and a people issue. But when you're a designer, and I've mentioned this on the podcast, no matter what, you, you can be a completely different type of designer. You can be a graphic designer, UX designer, whatever. The word designer makes people who don't do design, don't create deliverables, think of you as a commodity because they're not doing that. They're doing the strategy stuff. So they want to see you guys as equals, even though you're, you know, the one producing the visual work or the visual component so that all being said hopefully that made some sort of sense but it's just something to look out for there is potential where you kind of get marginalized as this person that just creates assets um all right what else sometimes you're also forced to do things as an asset or research monkey where you have to, for example, user t- test you know, half-baked concepts that come from somewhere up top in the senior management team just because they need validation on a direction based on some idea that they spitballed in a meeting room sometimes. This is basically an extension of what I just said, but it can happen where you're just forced to execute based on the ideas of other people who are at the top um, and this tends to be more of a smaller company thing, but it can happen. I've run into it where I had to, out of nowhere, drop everything and user test some bogus thing just because somebody convinced the CEO that it might be a good idea and we have to kind of validate it either way. So stuff like that, every now and then you can get tangled into and it's a little annoying and a little frustrating. Um, also, because of the fact that you're on this design team, if you have an interest in business, sometimes the full business picture of a certain situation, you know, you'll you'll be kept at bay from it because it's not considered important for you to know. Therefore, you'll be designing this product and you'll, you know, be head down working on this one thing, but it's just a sliver of the full picture. Uh, whereas if you're, you know, more like a typical like business quote unquote role, you'll get more of that full scale understanding of the state of the business or company that you work for. And it'll just give you a clear picture. Now I'm kind of one of these people that likes to think as like a one person business in a way. So this stuff bothers me, but I know plenty of designers who love to design don't really care about the business side of things and it doesn't bother them at all. So I think this one really is more dependent on the person. Um, but I really love like the strategy and business side of things almost more than the creative design at this point in certain ways. So I might be weird, but for me, that's something that can be a little frustrating at time. Also, another thing is because you have to do all this visual work, but at the same time, you know, you work with 
developers, QA, sometimes marketing, um, and various other stakeholders, you can be the type that can get caught into being over-meetinged, but you also have to spend all this time working on the visual design of something, which takes a lot of time. You can't just bang that out in some sloppy PowerPoint. So sometimes time can be a bit of an issue, and time management skills and the ability to say no um, become premium skills for you because you can be overworked and over to death in this role at a company. By this role, I mean UX designer. Hopefully that was obvious at this point. Um, but yeah, that's something to look out for. People might put you in the same amount of meetings as somebody that does not have to deliver assets and that whole like needing the time to actually design the thing could be lost sometimes. So just make sure that you have time to do your actual job and not be in meetings all day. All right. Next. Um, and this isn't unique to UX industry, actually. This is in marketing. This is in most industries. But I've seen it a lot where there's a lot of like copycat syndrome and a lot of like buzzwords that get floated around. And you're not really a cool kid in the industry unless you're yapping all these buzzwords like design systems, atomic design, like all that shit. And before that, it was responsive design, responsive design, responsive design, design studio, like all these just all these things that people love to talk about over and over again. Um, I don't know. To me, it just gets annoying because it's, like, just very predictable and everyone parrots it at conferences and things like that. And so it's kind of like the unique viewpoint can often be lost. Like, I remember last year I went to a more product conference about product management, but there was a design panel and it was the one where everyone just agreed with each other and there was no real, like, debating or anything interesting when it came to the discourse it was very much like, yes, I agree, design systems, it's so important, and blah, blah, blah. It was just, I don't know. It kind of left a bad taste in my mouth compared to some of the other panels. So that's something to look out for. Don't get caught up in the buzzwords. Just get caught up in the foundations and core principles. Um, but, yeah, that's something that is not UX design only. That is in any industry. Um, there's always a new flavor of the week. So that would be... Another drawback of the UX industry, um, and I'm going to get into one more because we're at 26 minutes, and I don't want to keep this too long. So, the last neg, and also I don't want to make this industry look bad. It's overall very good, but I wanted to be fair, and I wanted to give a basic even amount of pros and cons. Um, I could have skewed this, made it sound like the most amazing industry in the world, or I could have made it sound terrible. But overall, it's a good industry um, with lots of smart people, but falls into some traps that any industry falls into, and I just wanted to be transparent with all that. So without further ado, the last drawback or negative, you could say, about the UX industry is the same thing that anyone that gets into tech can fall into, which is this trap of um, logo chasing. So by that, I mean, when it comes to working in UX, the gold standard when it comes to professional development in many cases um, is working for one of those companies with the shiny logos that are the tech giants, you know, the Amazons, 
the Apples, the Facebooks, the Microsofts, etc. And it becomes more of a moral thing and whether you care about it. But like, do you actually want to work for these types of companies or not? You might. You might want to, um, you know, if particularly if you're someone that's really into like technology or if I mean, the best example is actually not UX, it's development. Like if you're a developer and you want to work with the best devs in the world and the smartest code bases, cleanest code bases, and you want to like up level your skill set and you need a place like a Facebook or whatever to do that in your mind or Google, you know, go do it. But uh, with me, it's like I could never work at any of those companies because, like, overall their practices and what you eventually could be doing to me is just so not my thing. You know, I don't want to be the person that works at Instagram and is responsible. Or now, I guess, TikTok if you want to work for, you know, ByteDance. Um and design the thing that creates the habits that make teenagers stare at their phones for, you know, five to six hours a day and start growing horns out of the back of their skulls. Look up that one if you haven't seen it yet. Kids growing horns out of their skulls because they've been looking down all day. Um, I don't know if I really want to be responsible for that. There's like a lot of grossness when it comes to keeping people engaged on certain applications and platforms. And, you know, those tactics come with being one of those tech giants a lot of the time. So to me, and then like the data privacy thing, that's a whole other can of worms. It's kind of gross. Like I deleted my Facebook a long, long, long time ago because I didn't want to deal with any of that crap. I'm a hypocrite because I am on Instagram. And we're on Instagram at NRS underscore show, holler at us, or Twitter. What up? (laughs) Um, But, uh, Yeah, it's just this internal conundrum, and for me, it's like, I don't think I want to work at a company that big, that vast, with that much data, that much shady stuff going on. Personally, it's not for me, but in the industry, it's kind there. Those companies are kind of positioned as the things you should, you know, be going after in your career. And getting a job at one of those places is like a huge thing for your boosting your career and your linkedin profile and yada 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 so that is it but that's you know across the board in technology i mean and more so than ever professional careers in general right even in marketing being a marketing manager at a google or something it's a big look but it is what it is all right i'm gonna cut it there we are half hour in Um, just wanted to give you guys this overview in case you were curious, thinking about getting into the industry, you always wonder what those words mean. Is it UX or UX? You know, stuff like that. So I just wanted to give you guys a real deal overview of the industry, and I hope you guys found it useful. If you did find it useful, please rate us on the App Store. That would be super awesome. And, uh, as I said, hit us up at NRS underscore show, Twitter, Instagram, or hit us up at not rocket science show at gmail.com see those are why those companies are so big i can't even plug this damn podcast without talking about those platforms damn it but it is what it is hit us up 
Let us know if you have any questions, particularly about the UX field. I will for sure 100% get back to you. All right, guys, thanks for listening. And until next time, this is Sean. Hope you guys have a good week. And as always, peace.